Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott. Hello, everybody, and welcome aboard Must Read Alaska, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. And we're glad we're not in Anger Point at this moment, because apparently uh, there's a wanted man down there who's just shot a state trooper, and we're hoping the best for him, the, the trooper, and we're hoping that our state troopers and law enforcement can round up the, um, the fellow who's uh, missing in action, but needs to, be, needs to be cuffed and taken away. Must Read Alaska is the place for conservative news and content. We're standing up for a strong America, free Alaska. We're always in your corner fighting for your constitutional rights. And you can find out more on our website at mustreadalaska.com. Also, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on all the, the favorite places, including the new uh, website, getter, G-E-T-T-R.com. I'm Suzanne Downing, and you can find my column, Must Read America, at Newsmax. So my host, John Quick, is with us. And John, how's your mic sounding today? Hello, mic check. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I well, can hear you now. <laughs> nice. I'm down in the beautiful city of, of Kenai today, actually. And um, uh, things in the Kiski are going well. Our uh, borough mayor, Charlie Pierce, is always fighting for your freedoms and for your individual liberties. At the last assembly meeting, he... Uh, uh, gave them hell by by uh, challenging the hospital to let their doctors be doctors. He made a point that why is it the only thing that we can do about COVID is per is do a vaccine? Why can't doctors actually do what they're supposed to do and treat symptoms? And uh, he got into a back and forth with the CEO of our hospital here and and. Uh, uh, you know, the paper, local papers here obviously don't want anything to do with anything conservative. And so they painted it in a picture of, you know, Charlie shaming uh, the, the uh, local hospital. But all he was really doing was saying, hey, listen, we got these doctors, we got these medical experts. Why can't we just let them do their job? What's the reasoning here? Um, you know, he gave an example of a friend of his uh, went into the hospital, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago with symptoms of pain and, and various other things. And because there was a whole bunch of COVID patients in the ER, they couldn't admit him in. They just gave him some pain meds and sent him on his way. Well, it turns out this guy had to go back to the hospital two weeks later and he had cancer and he, you know, all over his body. And two weeks when it comes to cancer going all over your body is, a, is you know, you've wasted a lot of time. And yeah, so, that's true. Um, you know, I think it's, he makes a good point. Why can't doctors be doctors? And I think that, uh, that that's something that we should look at uh, as we you know, go down this crazy COVID thing where it looks like there's no end in sight. No end in sight. And you know what, what Charlie Pierce, what Mayor Charlie Pierce of the Kenai Borough is really saying is there are protocols, there are medications, there's certain kinds of uh, pharmaceutical cocktails you can give to people that include Z-Packs and names of medications that I can't recall or pronounce. But what he's saying is, why aren't we doing those in Alaska? Those are actually kind of hard to get. Up here, they kind of tell you to uh, just uh, go home and, and rest. And you know, why not attack this thing early with medications that are known to, to work? 
but a lot of doctors up here and elsewhere are kind of afraid of speaking out about various treatments. And they're, they're a little bit worried about what will happen to them as the same way that journalists and our, our website too, we're worried about what will happen to us if we talk about COVID, if we, if we even mention the C word, will we be canceled from the internet? Yeah, that'll actually have actually happened to our, our YouTube channel. And so um, you know, people are rightfully concerned and maybe Charlie doesn't have a as good of a grasp on what that's like because he doesn't care. He's just going to talk. He's going to talk for the people. <laughs> do what he wants, which is great. That's why we elected him. Um, oh no, he's a he's a honey badger at Kena. He's great. Yeah. Uh, the other news in the Kiski is we uh, we got a new fire station. It's our third fire station, and uh, we have a very large, amazing tax base in the Kiski because that's where all the oil company all oil companies are located. The big ones here, more or less, here on the Kenai Peninsula, and so. We've got a third fire station. These fire stations have to kind of have specialty technical services for, um, you know, these big oil companies that have plants in our area. And so, yeah, I'm going to call um, bogus on this, by the way. I just checked the number of people that live in Akiski. You've got 4,300 people live in Akiski. You've got one fire station for every 1,400 people. Up here in Anchorage, there's 288,000 and we have 13 fire stations. And I did the math. That's one fire station for every 22,000 people. Wait a second. So what is so conservative about Nikiski after all? Do tell. Do tell, I will. Our mill rate is nothing compared to what is in Anchorage because, uh, because our tax base, uh, the, basically these, these oil companies fund these fire stations, which oh, I I, I'm a big fan of. Uh, you know, they would rather have this, you know, have good support when they need it. And so our mill rate's way lower than anybody in Anchorage would ever even dream about. And, you know, uh, this third fire station is hopefully going to be primarily uh, stationed with volunteers is the goal. Oh, okay. Well, I like volunteer fire stations. Hey, listen, we have a great guest today. I want to jump over to Rick Whitbeck, who's joining us. Rick, how's your mic sounding today? I hope it's sounding good. I'm excited to be here. Appreciate everybody uh, listening. And uh, John and Scott and Suzanne, appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to join you guys. Excellent. Rick Whitbeck is with Power of the Future here in Alaska, and he agreed to join us today and talk about how our, our politics intersects with our energy economy here in Alaska. Welcome to the show, and we are going to really focus on how the, uh, the governor's race is starting to shape up and what the different candidates, you know, what their different perspectives are on energy and resource development. And we were talking about this earlier, and I, th I said, I don't know, why don't we just save this conversation for the podcast, because this is some good stuff. Yeah, there's certainly going to be a, um, uh, there's certainly going to be clear indicators of where people sit uh, right now within the, just the, the people who have declared for the governor's race. There are some big differences between uh, Dunleavy and Guerra and, and Walker, and, and to a lesser extent, Billy Toyan. I mean, um, Billy doesn't have a whole lot of really defined positions and Certainly, no, a libertarian no, no, no. candidate. Yeah, Hold on. Billy's, the, Billy's libertarian, libertarian candidate. Right? We can we can look at the we can look at the Libertarian Party, small government, you know, kind of resource centric, but not much in the uh, in the way of um, you know they're a little bit more green than the Republicans or you know uh, AIP candidates are. So it, Billy's a pretty toe the line Libertarian. We'll just mention this right now. He has no chance to win, but he's declared. Uh, if he follows the Libertarian Party, he'll be good and bad for Alaska on resources. But we can stop talking about that because 
even with ranked choice voting, Billy Cohen has no chance to win the governor's race. There are three that do though, Suzanne. And I'm guessing you want me to talk about like, let's talk about the incumbent, right? Mike oh, Dunleavy yeah, yeah, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Dunleavy because he's he's obviously running with the Trump endorsement. He's running with the he'll have Republican Governors Association endorsement. He'll he'll have a lot of uh, I mean he's already had a, a fundraiser with Trump. So yeah, certainly one of the things that I think um, when when Mike was elected here three plus years ago uh, or almost three years ago, one of the things that I thought really really stood out was his very um, open stance towards opening up as much of Alaska as possible for responsible development. He mm -hmm. ran um, on a, a different platform than incumbent Governor Walker, certainly a different platform than eco-extreme guy Mark Begich, um, who I guess those roles are going to continue to be played by Walker and, and eco-freak Lascara, but we'll get into that a little, those two guys a little bit more. Here's, here's what my conversations with Mike Dunleavy have been though over the last three years. Alaska's rich in mineral wealth. Alaska's rich in oil and gas. We have a bunch of state lands that have been purveyed to us, a lot more that, that are still owed to us. Anything we can do to responsibly develop those, bring jobs to Alaska, bring revenues to Alaska, need to be done as quickly as possible, working within the various environmental frameworks. But as Washington drags their feet, Governor Dunleavy gets more and more ticked off. Right. You see it in his tweets anyway. He's just he's saying, this will not stand. This isn't the last you've heard of us. Then he shakes his fist. And, but there's not a lot he can do, really. No, I mean, certainly he can, he can huff and puff a little bit. And, and I say that respectfully, right? He can, he can kind of play the, the Trump-esque card. Um, we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to develop Alaska's lands. But you're still in a lot of situations, Suzanne, at the at the uh, you know you're kind of at the beck and call of the federal government, the permitting process. Now, if he wanted to just go rogue, he could certainly do that and do some some things for the state. But at what risk to um, Alaska from the federal judiciary, and at what risk to Alaska from you know just lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit? from these leave it in the grounders that, that would attack him more so than they would ever attack any governor probably in history. Yeah, that's right. Well, he, um, so, so then let's take a look at Bill Walker. Bill Walker was the um, China, China bill. He was the gas line to China kind of thing. He was gonna have the Chinese own the um, means of production, which is what Chinese like to do. He, he nationalized uh, the, the gas line for Alaska and that sort of the first step toward uh, turning the whole means of production over to the Chinese. And then he left office and along with him, Keith Meyer. So we know that he's very pro uh, gas development, uh, less, uh, less so for oil. He wants to see the gas that we're now re-injecting into the, into the fields. He wants to see that um, monetized, I guess, is what we'd want to say. But, uh, but really, the price of gas, it, doesn't really, it never really penciled out. So talk to us about that. Yeah, so first of all, Bill Walker, um, good friend of Robin Brenna, very good friend of Robin Brenna, law partners with Robin Brenna. Robin Brenna and Bill Walker have made millions of dollars over the years suing the oil companies on behalf of municipalities and, and landholders. Um, so 
when you talk about he'd love to monetize gas, but he's not such a, a big friend of oil, um, you're you're really <laughs> you're being nice to him, Suzanne. Um, Bill Walker and and his buddy Robin Brenna hate the the major oil companies here in the yeah. state. They would much rather sue them than work with them. That being said, you know his campaign website in 2014. I went back and looked at it. His campaign website in 2018 is a lot of um, is a lot of BS. Oh yeah, we understand that Alaska's resource economy runs through the oil fields. Well, yeah, certainly it does, and you've sued them for years. Um, we need to get gas to market. Okay, so you're going to give it to the Chinese? Yeah, the Chinese much. don't. The Chinese don't care about uh, Alaskans and Alaska's jobs and Alaska's economy. And well, certainly the Chinese don't care about the permanent fund or the permanent fund dividend. Um, well, it, except, Bill except, Walker, it, but that's a side by. That's another side. Except in, in, in the way that it actually can be the, um, you know, the, the money that backs the project so that we have some surety on it. I mean, it's handy right. to have $80 billion there when you're going to build a $40 billion gas line and then sell gas for less than what it costs to develop it. Yeah, that's handy. Yeah, I mean, certainly um, Bill Walker's Chinese-owned, Chinese-run, Chinese-influenced, chinese, -influenced, chinese um, backed pipeline to deliver gas to market isn't good for Alaska in the end. And that's why it was not only rejected by, you know, the public in, in hearings, it was rejected when he ran um, in 2018 for reelection. He and Heidi Dragas, his um, running mate, certainly have the backing of the labor unions, the Joey Merricks, the Joel Halls and people like that who run the major um, labor movement here in the state they want those union jobs but they don't have to have it through bill walker they can get it just as easily through mike dunleavy um or anybody else that runs on a let's actually do what's right for alaska and not let's just do what's right for the the chinese by the way the communist chinese who hate america yeah 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 well and and you know they've they've had a, they've had their exports in the past year um you know don't they have enough exports right now can't we just yeah i mean certainly the virus. I mean, you know, Walker also has two things that I just want to point out to your to your listeners. Um, number one, he says he's pro mining, but he's anti pebble. He's totally anti. And he says it all over his website. We love mining. Oh, you know, Byron and I love mining. Byron and I think mining is amazing for Alaska, but we both hate pebble because yeah. the science says this and the science says that. Well, since he was defeated back in 2018, the science was very clear that pebble would and harm fish. The final EIS environmental impact statement was very clear, 53 times as a matter of fact, that the, um, the fish and pebble could coexist. So it'll be interesting to see when he and Heidi um, launch their website here soon, whether or not his stance on pebble, because you know everybody says, follow the science, trust the science, if it's changed since 2018. Um, I'm pro-mining, but I hate pebble. Kind of a kind of a Bill Walker um, double talk. Right. Well, and we don't really know where he stands on Donlin, but we noticed that the eco extremists are now turned their focus to uh, the Donlin mine and, and also Ambler to try to take down those right. two projects. And so we really don't know where Bill Walker stands on those. But 
Um, but how does uh, Heidi Dragas figure into all that? She's a, a labor attorney for major, you know, labor interests in the state. Typically, they want jobs, right? Yeah, when when Vince Beltrami was the head of the AFL-CIO and, and running that, I mean, Vince and I have, other than fly fishing and wanting to see Alaska energy jobs come up, not a whole lot in common, but he certainly wants he certainly wanted those jobs in the oil and gas fields and in the mines. He wanted them unionized. And some are, some aren't. I would think that Heidi and Walker would want the same thing. They want as many jobs as possible, as long as the eco-left doesn't co-op them very well, as long as they're union jobs. And, um, you know, it's one of the things that I love about mining jobs most of them are shift work, right? Two on, two off, right. four on, two off. And yet, even though they they hire rural Alaskans, they hire people from within the region, like up at Red Dog, um, at uh, Fort Knox, at Usabelli, they have these shift jobs and they still get paid on average over 100000 a year. Those are life-changing generation um, changing jobs. If yeah. you unionize them and have to pay, I, I'm going to just say I'm indifferent on that. But certainly, let's let the development happen, and then we'll worry about whether they're union or merit jobs on the on the back end. Development needs to happen, especially um, if this whole green new deal just transition gets passed in like a 3.5 trillion dollar um, reconciliation bill, which is mm -hmm. another topic for another day, Suzanne. Yes. Um, oh gosh, good topic. I mean, we we could talk that. I could talk that till I'm purple in the face, right? Yeah, we're not um, going to do that. But but certainly Walker um, and Dragas will want as many union jobs to pay back the people who are going to be backing them the most. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about let's talk about Les Guerra for a minute. So Les Guerra announced he first he said he was going to do this uh, exploratory committee, and then he and uh, and Hollis French went on a rafting trip. I guess that was the exploratory committee. They explored the Kobuk River someplace up, in, up north. And uh, then they came back and he announced, he didn't announce a running mate. And he, of course, Les Garrett is the, a former member of the House of Representatives for many years, almost 20 years, um, never made a speaker and never really um, got probably the respect maybe that he felt he deserves. He's very, uh, he's been, sort of anti-oil, and I don't know that the oil interests in the state really like him or trust him very much, but he says on his website that he is pro-oil development. He says he was he voted for Anwar, but he's against Pebble. So what do you know about Les Guerra? Yeah, Les Guerra is going to end up being, unless somebody comes in further left than he is, the darling of the extremist movement here in the state of Alaska for, for two reasons. Number one, He's a long-standing um, opponent of Pebble, mm -hmm. and to the the idiots that run eco-left groups across the state, whether it's the Alaska Center for the Environment, Cook Inlet Keeper, Northern Alaska Environmental Center, whoever it is, Suzanne, mm -hmm. um, all of those guys lead and follow their national kind of cohorts. Um, lead, you know, lead the charge in Alaska, following the the Audubon Society and you know, and yeah. Trout Unlimited and those guys, Pebble is target number one, even more so than Anwar in this state to make sure that never happens. So with less is more Gara or less is less Gara, 
um, coming out and being the, the true longtime Pebble um, opponent, he'll get a lot of that support. Now, what Les has always said is, I support oil. And then he and Wilkowski and a lot of those Democrats are like, we support oil as long as they pay their fair share. We support oil as long as they're taxed to where they can't claim record profits across the state. We right. support oil as long as they help us get enough revenue to where we can grow government even bigger and more um, intrusively than, than it was you know, yesterday, right? So oh, yeah. Les has never met a government worker that he doesn't want um, to double in priority and double in influence and you know, increase in wages. He's never met a, a department that he doesn't want to see grow. And what's the easiest way to do that historically? Tax the crap out of the oil companies. Yeah. But we've seen, what, we've seen what's happened, right? Once we've started to do that, Sarah Palin's horrific ACEs movement, um, right. companies just are like, dude, I can go deal with warlords and pay them bribes and not have to deal with an ever-changing economy in a place that should want us. Mm -hmm. And they just take their investment dollars and they go elsewhere. So yeah. Alaskans who want to see Les Guerra in um, the governor's mansion also want to see a, uh, Alaskan oil companies suffer. Uh, Alaskan oil and gas jobs go away and Alaska permanent fund um, royalties that, you know, that, that go into the fund every year shrink, period. So who is his actual base? Because doesn't he sort of anchor at this point the far, far left? I mean, could anybody jump in and run for governor who's more left wing than Les Guerra? Or is that our, is that our defined left wing? Um, I think Les is our defined left wing. Now, I think you're going to see one person jump in in the middle of uh, what we'll call, if we call Dunleavy the right, not not saying for far right. Dunleavy is the right right now. Walker is kind of taking that middle right, that center right. I think you could see somebody jump in center left and push and marginalize Gara out to the left. Yeah, um, I think, that person, I think, I, that person, yeah. I think, could be Mike Navarre. Ah, Mike Navarre. Well, John, quick, are you still on the phone? You're a Mike Navarre expert, aren't you? Oh yes, the lovely Mike Navarre, former okay. <laughs> borough mayor, former borough mayor, former former uh, representative. What in the eighties and nineties? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think the thing that Mike's going to come out hard with is uh, wanting to promise the peninsula, uh, the LNG project uh, in some way, shape or form, even though he's been behind the scenes kind of against it. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, with him, you're going to get somebody he's going to tout as the business guy, but he is a uh, he's a know, business a left, guy, right? He's the Democrat, though. He, he he owned all the Arby's for a while, and then he sold those. And he's got he's got millions of dollars, and he's got a lot of property, doesn't he? A lot of rentals and malls and stuff. What is what's what's his thing? He, he's he's quite he, well off. He now, still right? owns Arby's, and you know he does a lot for the community. That's one thing I will give Mike credit for is he's always donating, like to Boys and Girls Club. He's always a top donor. He's always donating to schools that need money. He's always him his whole family is always donating to stuff. So. Kudos to him for doing that. But I, I think if Mike Navarro is our mayor, you're going to see a drastic change to the left. Well, I, I think, in, you know, if, if Mike runs for governor and I, I, I think he'll get in personally, um, 
if he runs, he'll run as like like you said, the the businessman's center left candidate, kind of that chamber of commerce. We're not going to give the oil companies everything they want because we need, you know, we need to fill a budget gap with revenues. Um, we want an LNG line. We would never give it to the Chinese. You know, kind of that pragmatic um, center left candidate. I think there's room for one in there that will help marginalize Guerra as the extremist in almost every case that less is. Um, the only reason that I think Mike wouldn't get in is he's a friend of Walker's. He was a former commissioner under Walker. He, you know, he is, he's kind of in that same general area. Ranked choice voting will play a, a large key there though. I mean, does he kill Walker's chances or does he help Walker's chances, right? If you vote Navarre one and Walker two, you know, does that actually help or hurt in ranked choice voting? I, I just think there's room for a center left candidate um, and, and let's be very, very honest. Mike Navarre isn't Les Guerra. He's not Mike Dunleavy. Um, he has conditions on on um, energy jobs and energy opportunities. Um, and he's certainly less pro-development than you know the Dunleavy campaign, but he's certainly way more. I, I'd much rather have Mike Navarre as my governor than I would Les Guerra without any question in my mind. Oh, say that again. What? I would much rather have Mike Navarre as my oh. governor if it was between he and Guerra only. I would much rather have Navarre than Guerra. That's a shocker right there. Well, any of these guys have to have some sort of a base. Now, we know we talked at the beginning about how um, we know that Mike Dunley has a pretty good base. It's the conservative base. He's basically won over the, the business interests in the state. People realize that. Yeah, he's a school teacher from Kotzebue and and a, a rancher from Wasilla, but he is in favor. His daughter is a miner. His, I think his, both his daughters work in the both mines. His daughters, yeah. And and um, you know he he's pro mining and he's pro oil. And I don't think he's done anything to irritate business owners, which is important. And, and, he, uh, and he handled COVID as well as any as any governor really in the country, given yeah. some of the the hand tying that the legislature held, you know, gave him and people like idiot Mayor Berkowitz and Quinn Davidson, who didn't do him any favors by jumping the gun on, on their own COVID restrictions, right? He won a lot of people over with this, the way that he handled COVID. Um, I know he has, and, and actually, so he's got a little bit, he's got a base, I'd say it's a pretty strong base. And I know his approval rating is pretty good. I've seen some polling on him. Now, who is the base for Bill Walker? He, he quit just before, I mean, it, just before the election last time, he still got 5,000 votes, which uh, was surprising that he got that many, but he was tanking so badly. He just went in a terrible spiral. And I know that Scott Kendall has been really pushing him now, but who's the rest of his base? Labor union, labor support, um, you know, those those people who believe that we should um, that we should, you know, fight uh, the oil and gas companies uh, or the oil companies and, you know, build up the permanent fund without them. Um, you know, his base is really the same people that probably uh, voted for him over Parnell back in 14 minus minus pragmatic, responsible uh, Alaskans. Well, now, Alaska is going to peel off 
the Democrats, the real eco leftist Democrats, and and we've got a few of them here in Anchorage. As I as I go around, I see I see we have quite a few of them. These anti pebble mine people. He, Lascara could really take a few votes from Walker on that. So that's going to be uh, troubling for the Alaska Democratic Party because who are they going to back? Are they going to back Les Guerra, who is the registered Democrat? They kind of have to, don't they? Yeah, I think they do. Don't, don't you think so, John? I mean, I think that if the Alaska Democratic Party backs Walker, they really send a, a mixed message to their they're yeah. the progressive wing of that party, especially the young people who see Walker is already failing to do what they wanted, you know, what the, what the young radicalized, you know, social justice, um, critical race theory backing, you know, uh, leave it in the ground, just transitioners. None of those guys are, are Bill Walker fans. I mean, um, they would have to be more Gara fans. Yeah, that's that's where I think that Mike Navarro's uh, gonna kind of sneak through those lines and could end up with some more votes than what people think because, um, you know, he uh, word on the street was he would have liked to have been appointed lieutenant governor when Walker had to appoint somebody and holds probably a little bit of a uh, vendetta against not being appointed and would probably like to beat Walker as well as know when being the governor so i bet mike navarro is going to go hard after trying to get the uh the d's to uh come behind him if he can make some steam here no that's right because they're both but he and gara are registered democrats and of course uh, bill walker is a registered undeclared or non a registered in a nonpartisan. so that's interesting well i know that we've got to let you go and uh, rick but tell people where they can find out more about power of the future and and what it's doing for Alaska and, and what your mission is. You know, we are we are the voice of energy workers across America, Suzanne. Um, we're kind of uninhibited, uh, and, you know, kind of un, uninhibited capitalists, right? We want jobs across America. We want the government to, to, to get out of the way of development opportunities. Uh, we're, we're not a fossil fuel, you know, only solution group. I take green energy in, in Alaska. I love green energy, but green energy can't come at the expense of, you can't give you know somebody one job and take away 12. That doesn't right. make any sense. We want to grow energy jobs across America. We want to protect the jobs that are out there that the Democrats and, and far left, um, you know, the AOCs and Ed Markey's and people like that of the world want to do away with because there's, there's millions of families across the country that are working in traditional energy jobs today, and they need a real opportunity to continue to, to feed their family and be cornerstones in their community. So uh, you can find us on powerthefuture.com. I do a weekly radio program on Tuesdays here in the South Central area, uh, the Power of the Future Energy Hour on KVNT. Uh, we're also on Twitter, I'm at PTF Alaska. Uh, Daniel Turner is at Daniel Turner PTF, he's our founder. And we're just at Power of the Future as well. We're on Facebook at Power of the Future. Um, we archive all of our media hits at SoundCloud, search for Power of the Future. We have a podcast called Your Fracking Welcome. Uh, yeah, every, that's a good podcast, by the way. That, that's, that's a fun podcast. We, uh, we do it about every other week. Um, it's on all the same platforms. And, uh, you know, we're on Insta and everywhere else that I can't think of. But basically search for Power of the Future. Um, I also write a couple of blog posts a week on powerthefuture.com. Suzanne, you're kind enough to pick some of them up and, 
and rerun them. And we appreciate uh, we appreciate everything that you're doing to um, protect energy jobs here uh, across Alaska. You know what you and Scott and John have here with the weekly podcast is awesome. Um, I probably catch every you know two out of every three. Um, hey, that's sometimes good. it gets a little crazy busy, but I need to go back and listen to a couple that I missed. But thank you for what you guys are doing. Um, thank you for the opportunity to come on. Uh, you can always hit me up, guys, at rick at powerthefuture.com. I love constructive criticism. I love hate mail because Ooh, it just yeah, means that you are wasting your time uh, attacking me when you should be out there helping uh, rational Alaskans grow jobs. How about that? Amen on that. Ellie, you have a good day over there. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you on in a couple of weeks and we'll, we'll continue the conversation about politics in Alaska. And for Sounds good, guys. Rest, Thanks again. You bet. And for the rest of everybody, before we go, you, please sign up for the Must Read Alaska newsletter. It goes out three times a week, gets right into your uh, email box, and it's a good newsletter. It's, we've got 12,400 subscribers, and we appreciate every single one of you. If you'd like to support the work of conservative journalism in Alaska, just drop a, drop a donation in the donate box at mustreadalaska.com. Thanks so much. Appreciate that. And we will see you here next week. Uh, but you could also check in on Wednesday when Scott Levesque has his, uh, his version of Must Read Alaska show. He is the better version of the Must Read Alaska show because he's got uh, always a lot of great content. Until next week, signing off from somewhere in Alaska. <laughs>